Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> what is up, everybody? Happy Saturday. <laughs> Hope everyone's having a good weekend so far. I mean, it's just starting, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Happy special edition Saturday. <laughs> and happy first day of May. <laughs> Oh, oh, shoot. Yeah, it is. Happy yeah. May 1st. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I cannot believe we're in May. I know. I, April was such a blur. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I have high hopes for May. I have high hopes for May. I have high May. hopes for every month, so. <laughs> I do, too. I do. Yeah. <laughs> like a new I go into. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've I, been doing this thing, like, where every month. I try to give myself a word for the month and like, I don't like reflect on it too much. It's just like something like try to something to try to like focus on like throughout the month or whatever, kind of like a theme. Mm -hmm. And it's been really fun. But April, I feel like was such a blur that, you know, (laughs) hopefully May is better. Okay. (laughs) 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 What did I do in April? Like, I feel like I'm like, here we are. Well, when this episode comes out, we're it's it's in the future. We're still in the past. We're yeah, in yeah, April, yeah. okay? When this is recording, <laughs> but like I look back on this month and I'm like, what what did I do? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I know. So <sighs> we're talking special edition. Today. We are talking special edition. What I'm very you, excited. What do you love about special edition? Like you're the OG. <laughs> I have honestly, like, the good thing about, you know, this, our, the podcast is it is motivating me to, because I could easily just read what I'm comfortable with. I could easily just read the dare, you know, read the, read desire, read heartwarming, but I'm finding that I love a little bit of every, you know, I, you could, there's something to love with every series. True. And I'm I'm liking special edition because I love contemporary romance. I I started like mm-hmm. my first romance author that I ever read was Debbie Maycomber. Yep. And special edition so far gives me vibes of Debbie Maycomber. Which is funny. We'll talk about that in a little bit when we talk about special editions. <laughs> So, I mean, okay, what do you love about it? Was it one of the first series that you picked up or what? No, it wasn't actually. um, Because I'm trying to remember. I mean, my Harlequin days go back 20 years. And I know I picked them up. And what I liked about them was the same thing that you said. I get those vibes. Like at the time before I really, like around the same time I got into Harlequin, I was started to read um, uh, Cheryl Woods, Susan Wiggs, and Susan Mallory, which I refer to as the Holy Trinity, because they were like three <laughs> authors that I listened or re- that I read. And the special edition, as well as the super romance line, both gave me those vibes. So super romance was still being published way back then. And after our talk with Tara Taylor Quinn, we learned that they were very, like they are very similar to each other in a way. And then when all the stuff happened on the back end with Harlequin, they got rid of super edition. And they just kept special edition or super romance. They got they got rid of. So I just so wanted, super romance and special edition were very similar, kind of similar, S- similar okay. because special edition was originally published by Harlequin or by Silhouette. 
So if you go back and look at the old titles for uh, special edition, they're all silhouette special edition. And if you search them on fiction database, like you can go into the search bar and type in silhouette special edition. That's how you'll find them. If you type in Harlequin special edition, you're not going to find them or they're not going to give you the drop down. But anyway, that's for anyone who's searching for stuff like that. Like I do. Um, (laughs) uh, So anyway, I just love the home and family aspect. I love the aspect that aspect that you often get series. There are so many long running series in this line. The Fortunes of Texas, the Montana Mavericks. I mean, these are books that are 40, 50, 60 books. You know, that there's so much. And if you like the down home, there are some that take place in big cities. Like I'm not the one that you just read, the Terry Wilson. I don't know where it took place. But for the one that I read, it took place just outside of San Diego. So, I mean, that's a bigger city, right? In California. So you get big city, but mostly it's small town, which I love. Right. And you get a lot of cowboys too, which yeah. I love. And <laughs> yes, yes. So that's interesting because so we recently chatted with mm-hmm. the scene, the I don't even know, the hashtag boss lady right. Brian e. Green. Okay. Right. Episode is coming up. Mm-hmm. And so we know that in the historical line, they're not doing westerns. They don't mm-hmm. want it. Right. Which we were educated on and we were like, afterward, we're like, yo, that makes total sense. Right. Right. But like, if you want that, if you are a fan of, you know, cowboys and not necessarily the old West, but you still get that. I mean, you see that in heartwarming and I mean, you see a little bit of that in the special edition. So like, it's, it's still a thing because we both know, we both love cowboy romances. They're still a thing. For sure. So you're going to see it. You're just not going to see it in the historical line, which makes so much sense. I can't wait for that episode to come out so everybody has a chance to listen. For sure. For sure. But like, you know, I think it really made us realize talking to her that there are certain lines that are not published overseas because they're not the target audience. I believe, don't quote me, but I believe the heartwarming line is not published overseas. And if you think about that line, I can see that with the American West, like not the American West, but like cowboys and small town and i just don't see it resonating with with the readers overseas it's definitely something that's north american right and i believe the special edition books some of them might be the same thing you know because i know not all of them translate over and uh, because i have viewers of my youtube channel saying i can't find that book and i'm here in the uk and then i feel bad because it's a good book and you need to read it (laughs) you know like that we live in that we can do that we have that option now as readers to buy from anywhere in the world to read whatever we want you know so that's one cool thing yeah and i mean and in in some situations like you have to you're gonna have to um because it's not an option you know like for just the historical line, like she said, in North America, you're not going to see it in the store. So we have to order it online. Correct. If Correct. you want a physical copy. Yep. Yep. It's true. Which is so interesting that it was not, you know, that it, 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 
she gave reasons and I don't want to spoil the episode, but no, like, no, no. there's a reason for everything. Absolutely. There's a reason for everything. Absolutely. And that's so, it's so fascinating. Yep. The more that you learn about these things and damn, go I, buy the books, people. I know. <laughs> Or on us as the readers. Pause on them, buy them. <laughs> buy the books. Yes. Read the books. Love the books. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's so interesting. Okay. So you mentioned Small Town, which yes. the few titles from Special Edition that I've read mm-hmm. have been Small Town. Mm-hmm. So I, I went on to the, the website. I think it, I went to writeforharlequin.com mm-hmm. and it's okay. So special edition, 60,000 words yep. features contemporary real life characters and situations, relatable men and women with friends, family, and careers experiencing the twists and turns on the journey to true love. Mm-hmm. Some of the popular storylines include second chances, friends to lovers, mm-hmm. city versus country, yep. pregnancy and baby stories. The series welcomes military elements as long as they don't take over the whole story pets multiples and in this series the western settings remain very popular so you were like right on the money oh yeah (laughs) i i this this out of my entire harlequin collection i'll find out more once i'm done my massive reorganization i'm pretty sure this is the series that i own the most in yeah i tend to gravitate because you are very much like you're a contemporary romance lover oh yeah so this is like yeah this is my bread and butter you know yeah. Yeah, I love it. So that. it said also, okay, the series offers stories that leave you feeling optimistic, mm-hmm. empowered, and connected, characters from a range of backgrounds and lived experiences, sensuality ranging from subtle to sizzling. Yep. So again, both of us loving contemporary romance, like this sounds like the series where if you want sweet, it's going to be sweet. You can find something sweet. But if you want something a little sizzling, that's also there. So it just sounds like um, kind of amalgamation of like a little bit of everything. It's based on um, for sure. Yeah, author. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emotional depth of both story and character, strong internal and external conflicts. Mm-hmm. And there are six, obviously, that release each month. So yeah. first and foremost, I feel like so both of us live in big cities yes right yep and but we have had the experience like i was born in a small town i'm mm-hmm. i was i haven't been a city girl my whole life mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on the way city like c- cities are depicted depicted in romance because like i watch a lot of hallmark movies and yeah. i'm like i've never been to new york city right but like if you want a overworked tired exhausted yes. character yes they're from, they live in New York, they go to the small town and they realize, oh my God, I don't want this life. And it's like, yeah. but what about, you know, like sometimes I want to see something different. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> because you do find that, like, you know, we have a series that you and I love and it's outside of the category, but Sarah Morgan's um, from Manhattan with love. All of those Genius. characters Genius. seem to be just stressed to the max at the beginning and then they, and it's not that they move to a small town, but they learn how to relax. But like, exactly as you said, that seems to be a, a trope. You know, I hate to use that term, but it does seem to be a trope that if the characters yeah. are in the big city, they're going to be stressed out, you know, whereas that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> right. You know, I'm from a big city and stress occasionally, but no more than the average person. <laughs> but it's yeah. not the city. 
right? Like, and I, that's what I feel like with a big city is that it's the city that made them that way. It's not them personally, you know, it's their yeah. lifestyle choice. So I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, it is. I definitely feel that it is like this kind of trope that we've created. Yeah. And you do feel like every time I watch a Hallmark movie or I read a romance <laughs> where somebody leaves the big city and they come back to the small town, like I get that. Okay. One of the things we love about small town romance, we love the the, the characters. We love that sense of community, right? Yeah. Like yes. it's easier to know people when you live in a small town like there's a lot to small town charm okay. whereas in a city like you are like one of just millions of people exactly. but then you read stuff like heartbreaker bay by jill Shalvis, yes. which is set in san francisco which i've never been there i've heard like it's not the biggest of cities i live in san antonio it's not necessarily the biggest of cities either but, but. compared to my hometown it's a freaking huge city yeah but she she captured small town feel yes. in a big city because of how i mean you it's like found family you, it is you find your your community yep. and you make it work you know i just i get so kind of exhausted of like city versus small town i know i know <laughs> i know it doesn't have to be that way it, it it can just be you can have a great romance set in a big city and and not have to do that element of it you know what i mean yeah that that is one thing to. like with from manhattan with love series like yes golly sarah morgan the I queen know. i know i loved like the like them on the rooftop and yes. like going out to eat and like it was so fun sarah. i know that series <laughs> just makes me and then when they they go in the, the third or was it the fourth fifth and sixth books they go to the hamptons i'm like yeah. i want to go to the hamptons too <laughs> <laughs> I want to summer in the Hamptons. How do I do that? <laughs> oh my gosh. And like, you know, I'm not much of a rereader, but one of the only books that I ever reread is from that series, yep. Miracle on Fifth Avenue, Avenue. Eva's yep. book. I'm tempted to read, golly, what was Harriet's book? Harriet's book was the last one, I think. I think so, yeah. And Harriet and Eva felt so similar. Their stories felt yes. so similar. So I'm like, maybe I should try to reread Harriet's book. Um, I know she had like the stutter and hers was a little bit more emotional than I Eva's. Know, I know. <laughs> Eva's was, was very much that very sweet hallmarky. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. You know what I mean? That very hallmark yeah. feeling movie, sweet Christmas romance. Whereas Harriet's yeah. had a bit more depth to it. If I can say that. Yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah. I want to reread the whole series. I just loved it. I, I loved Frankie. I know. <laughs> what I loved about Eva, like, I just, it's so fun because she's a YouTuber. Like, right? she records herself cooking yep. and yep. she has a blog. I was like, she feels so modern. Yes. <laughs> I want to be friends with Eva. I know, right? We're going to be pals. <laughs> okay. So, we both read. Mm -hmm. two special editions mm -hmm. i read the trouble with picket fences by terry wilson and yep. you read uh their second chance baby by the great tara taylor quinn her hundredth book tara taylor I note. her hundredth book and i shared this with you because i'll put it out there for the viewers because she is so sweet and she did send me some books because she's a delight 
I didn't realize until I started reading the physical edition of this book, and I, I was so excited for you when I told you. I opened it up, and she signed it to me, and I was just beyond thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want to give it extra stars for that reason. <laughs> but yeah. That is so, so sweet. Uh, she's a delight. Absolute delight. So yeah. what did you think of your book? So I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's, let's both read like what the, what it's about. So if, right. you, if you haven't read it, these came out in April, yes. so you might still be able to track them down, but if not, check the Harlequin website or sure. wherever you, you know, order books from. So mm -hmm. in The Trouble with Picket Fences, it says she could teach him to turn lemons into lemonade. All her life, Melanie Carlyle knew how to succeed in the face of failure. So when she finds herself pregnant and her ex-boyfriend bows out, Claiming he's not the picket fence type, Melanie is on her own. Now she has a house with a picket fence she wants gone. Cap McBride is dealing with his own problems. What with a potentially career-ending hearing loss and his sorely teenager. So the last thing he wants to do is get involved with a single pregnant woman. As for fences, the only thing he knows how to do is put them up. And this <laughs> takes place in Lovestruck, Vermont. And oh, I love the I name. Like it. <laughs> oh, I love Lovestruck. <laughs> because like, it's part of a series right okay yes 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 all right what is yours about okay so mine is lieutenant annie morgan is determined to have the family she wants more than anything but fertility problems mean that she must get permission from her jag attorney ex seth to use their embryos annie never stopped loving seth but his inability to deal with her dangerous job sabotaged their relationship years ago now that they're realizing the dream of a family, is there any chance that they can renew other dreams as well? And this is part of the Parent Portal series, which deals with a, frater a fertility clinic. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We've got two <laughs> pregnancy stories here. I don't believe that that was. This is a popular storyline that is included in the series. I think we're going to talk about this as well. So, <laughs> yes. Okay. Here's the thing. I love Terry Wilson. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just, when I think of her, I think of pink polka dots, pretty nail yes. polish. I just, we live in the same city. I'm hoping I run into her at Target and she lets me buy her a Starbucks coffee. I mean, <laughs> And I could just, I, I hope she lets me walk with her in the like dollar clearance aisle at the be, at the front of the store because right. that's where I'm usually at. <laughs> I love her. My first couple of books by her were her Hallmark books. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because the more that I read both category and Hallmark, I see a lot of similarities. Now, I do think that it's, it may be because I'm seeing a lot more category authors that write for Hallmark so maybe and and it just feels like so yeah. similar the more that I read both kind of at the same time yeah um but I so this was really this was my first category romance by her but it just it, I was already she has such a signature style True. um it wasn't like anything that I had to get used to but what I I think I loved the most about this book was that you know you meet Melanie and she's already pregnant. So mm -hmm. I don't have to really like, 
you you want some of the backstory, you know she's arrived. She moves from Texas. She moves from Dallas, Texas, so big city, okay. to Lustruck, Vermont, small town. Yep. So popular, <laughs> popular notes. Um, and you know she's alone, and you you just like want you want a little bit of that backstory. I wanted to be nosy and find out, okay, why is she by herself? But at the same time, I was like, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I know tons of single moms, so it's cool. Sure. Um, but what's interesting is she gets there. She already purchased the cottage that she moved into online. So I was thinking of the movie um, The Holiday. I was like, yes. oh, there's like it's this like this that was a cottage that I was imagining. <laughs> and she gets there and she sees this white picket fence. Now, from the pe- the hero's perspective, we learn that like I think it's the mayor, somebody important in the town is like obsessed with. Uh, white picket fences and if they had their way like every house would have one so it's not just her singularly like it's a thing and so she sees it and she's like it needs to be taken down Mm -hmm. and I'm like what's her thing with picket fences because okay as girls isn't that kind of like the idea for Mm -hmm. us is like it's kind of ingrained in us as young girls you want the big house with the picket fence Mm -hmm. and it just symbolizes when you get older and you become a woman having a family melanie wants no part of that business she's Mm -hmm. like i'm pregnant but i don't want the fence so the fence just i really love how symbolically like terry wilson took white picket fence and it just meant so much for melanie it like kind of meant something from her past mm-hmm. like some, some something that was said to her from an ex and then for the hero cap he has these fences built around him because he does have some medical issues going on and you know he's a single dad in this small town he's a firefighter like it just i really love mm-hmm. when an author takes like a one word thing and just runs with it yes so what about you I enjoyed this one. I have to say, um, it it was good. So essentially, the the like I read the plot off the back, but what the background of it is is that she's thirty eight years old, and I think your main character was an older an older character as well. They're they're not young, but anyway, yeah. um, they uh, she has had testing done. She's always wanted to have a family, but she's been divorced from her ex for like ten years now. So she knows that way back when they did this these embryos. So she finally meets up with him at, for the first time after 10 years and is like, I need you to sign off on these so I can yeah. have them so I can do what I need to do. And at first he thought, well, whatever. It's He thought that they had been destroyed back when they got divorced. So he was shocked that they were even still a thing. But then she went and had them done. And then it got, really got him thinking, well, I know I signed off my rights on them. These babies legally have nothing to do with me. However, biologically... They do. So he starts kind of getting into and texting her and she's a little standoffish at first, like, because the whole reason for their breakup was that originally, like, he's a JAG officer. So, you know, he kind of had his career path set out. She went and joined the military as well, but just to put herself through school. And then she was going to do something like, I don't remember what it was now, like, uh, not an attorney, but like an assistant or something like a very safe job that you would come home every night to your family kind of an idea. But then she changed her mind. Like a paralegal maybe? Like that, yeah. And then she changed her mind and really wanted to become a police officer. But his mother died. She was a police officer and she was killed in the line of duty. So it really, he was afraid of her with this very dangerous job. And then the story just kind of goes from there with the two of them, with her pregnancy and all those things. So 
I really did like it. And I really like the fact now that we're seeing older characters, you know, characters yes. from their late 30s, early 40s. I think that that like as someone, we are around that age. <laughs> it's, yeah. nice to see about, you know, that you can still find that many years later, you know, your life doesn't yeah. end at 30. Your life doesn't end at 35, right? You can still find romance right. and have a family at that age, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I mean, I have, I know two women that I'm pretty sure have like say they have saved their eggs for, what? you know, like what if like later yep. in life. Um, I, I don't know if it was just, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I like that that is explored because we all probably know somebody yes. that has done that, you know, what, like they had something going on in like their twenties or whatever. And mm -hmm. the doctor was like, you might want to explore this as an option. Yeah. Um, so with Melanie in the trouble with picket fences, she has a geriatric pregnancy. So okay. yes, she has this ex, but the baby's not his. Mm -hmm. She just like took charge of, this is what I want. You mm -hmm. don't want to be part of it. So I'm, I'm going to go do it. I don't need you yep. Yep. to like become a mother, you know? Yep. So I found that to be interesting. So Absolutely. what did you think about, what did you think about that aspect of like I, pregnancy and motherhood in yours? And I think that that's great. Like she was done waiting. She was at a point now where she, her job is still not dangerous. She's still a police officer, but most of her time is spent behind a desk pushing papers and she's like, I want to have a family and that's it. And unfortunately she went through the testing and same as like what you were saying, her eggs were no longer viable. But then she remembered, oh wait, <laughs> because she'd been paying for these things since their divorce. And she said it wasn't until she looked at her bank statement and saw the money coming out for this fertility clinic, she went, oh yeah, <laughs> here's a way for me to do it. <laughs> and she pretty much said to him like, I don't care what, you know, I want this. And at first he was very much a no. He's like, no, I'm not giving you the rights to do that. And she was very depressed and she was just, she's one of the characters. What I really liked about her is like, once something was done, it was done. She didn't spend time harping on it or work. Like when he said, no, he wouldn't sign them over. She was resigned. She's like, all right, I guess this is just not happening for me. And then, you know, he realized that he owed her yeah. for stuff. And he's like, all right, here you go. I'll sign them over. So I just thought it was, again, a very interesting aspect to talk about. Like this entire series that Tara Taylor Quinn did is all about a fertility clinic. So there's lots of different aspects that she has touched okay. on within this series. But I really like this one um, because I think it's something that a lot of people, like you said, we all know somebody or, you know, a friend of a friend kind of an idea who has dealt with this. Yeah, I, I think, okay, I have a lot of thoughts about pregnancy and romance I just do so do I <laughs> I it, it's uh, okay and and listeners this is nothing this is no. not like a reflection of the books this no. is just something that we literally talk about all the time yes <laughs> but we've never addressed here on the podcast or talked no. about on the podcast so I feel man okay so we so a little bit of history mm -hmm. Sarah and I buddy read a book back in september of 2020 mm -hmm. 
that we buddy read with a friend and it was more women's fiction. And in that book, there was a character who had been struggling to get pregnant, her and her husband for Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And then magically gets pregnant like i mean they were like using they were doing ivf and like they had exhausted like all the options and then they what have an argument they have just like post argument sex that's right she goes on a vacation with her sisters she finds out she's pregnant and so sarah and i had a really eye-opening conversation with a friend Mm -hmm. who opened up to us about her infertility and broke it down for us. And I have not just, it's been really hard sometimes to pick up romances where you or 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 even women's fiction where infertility is tackled because now I know somebody and I know the money the the time the hours driving back and forth the between stress, cities the, the treatment the, yep. the stress yes the mm-hmm. the emotional mm-hmm. toll that it, it has taken on this friend and to like sometimes when you see it in romance it's like oh okay and then this just happened like in that book it was like oh the one time that we just did it organically I mean, and we like it happened it. and it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know I think that on one end, especially like we've chatted with author Tara Taylor Quinn, and we know that she's a strong believer in hope. Yes. And that these books offer hope. Absolutely. So like knowing that that is such an important thing for her, I think, you know, because I, I've seen, like, I'm so new to special edition and I know that that's a line that she's like predominantly written for, right? right. I think she's, was she ever super romance? No, she started, got her started super Back- romance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think like seeing these titles and like seeing that that is um, something that she writes a lot of, mm-hmm. it makes sense because mm-hmm. she's very much a person that's like hope is big for her. Absolutely. So I, I, I get that, but there have been some books that I think, I think that the intention was to provide hope, but then it's like you, sometimes you got to think about those women that it's like, it's not. You know, like our friend told us, like, for a lot of women, it just never happens. And like that hope is actually kind of harmful. It is. It is. Because, you know, the chance, like she explained to us, the chance of them having that amazing one time, oh, guess what? I ended up pregnant was like the same chances of getting struck by lightning. You know, like it was so minuscule that that like she explained, like once you've gone through IVF, that is your last shot. You pretty much can't get it on your own, you know, and then for that to happen, you know, for us not knowing somebody, if we had known her and hadn't talked to her, I don't know about you, Brie, but I can say that I've read books like that years ago. And when I get to, I'm like, that's so nice. I'm so happy for them. And that's how I would read that. And then now speaking to someone who has dealt with that and explained how these things work, you kind of go, oh, okay, now I understand, you know, so and how yeah. that is harmful and can be harmful to women in that situation. Yeah, it was definitely, it was really eye-opening mm-hmm. and it's made me really, I mean, like the whole, I'm, I know some people like <laughs> they don't, 
want to read any books with kids in them, <laughs> which I get. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't mind them and I don't mind. Like, I guess like Secret Baby, I I think I've just met, maybe read like one or two where I was like, oh, this is not mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind it because mm-hmm. I've read some that are like really great and like there's a reason that it's a secret and all of that and I just think it was done really well, but like, I have been a lot more, I guess, aware, like Mm -hmm. I'm, if it says something with pregnancy, I'm like reading the summary, I'm flipping through, I'm checking Goodreads (laughs) first because yeah, I mean, when we read that, that women's fiction together, I think you and I were like, oh, this is, this is great. This is really good. And then we, yeah. And I think we still walked away. It was still a good book. Yes. But we were so much aware of that piece that it was like, okay, okay. Different perspective, you know, different perspective. The and ending it, it's that, that really been. Differently. It could have been written a lot differently yeah. and still had the same emotional punch, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 And then I. Because have I think on. that. Yeah. No, go ahead. Like, like you said, um, like you said, like, the chances of that happening are really slim. And none. Yeah. I would like to see a lot more just couples deciding like, hey, babe, it's okay. It's just going to be you and me. Like, we'll, we can adopt. Like, there are options if we really want to become parents. There are options. However, because I think that... I mean, specifically in that book that we read, we got to see the husband. The husband said, I don't want to keep seeing you put yourself through this. That's right. And that was it. For That was like the best, I feel like, line in that book for for me. Because you don't think about the emotional toll that it takes on the partner. Of course. Having to see you, like, I want to do this. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep doing this. And like that heartache. And they're the ones that are there, you know. So, I think, you know, I just, I think that there's something really powerful in just saying like, hey, you know, we'll be okay. You know, I know that you want this. If we want to pursue it, there are options, you know, but also I just want to see more stories that reflect two people that like, okay, this isn't an option. This is what we're going to do. We're going to live our lives mm-hmm. as a couple. Yeah. Um, backstory on me, Bree knows my history, but I have a very severe medical condition that I've had since birth. I known my entire life. I'm never going to be a mother. It was just a thing. When my husband and I got married, we did talk to a specialist who said, yes, if you, this is something you really want, this is the, this is what we would need to do. And they broke it down and all the stuff and told me the risks. And when I sat down at home and I went with my husband and said, this is the situation, the risks to me and the risks to the possibility of the child, we both said, no, no, it just, it, it wasn't worth it at the end of the day for us. There was no point in me having a baby to then end up sick and not being able to care for it, to play with it, to watch it grow. You know, like you got to think about those things. And for me, my biggest thing in romance, and this is, again, as we said before, no shot against these books because these books were fantastic. But just in general, what I would love to see is the happily ever after does not need to include a child. You know, like I have actually read books where characters have said, well, are you going to have a baby now so you can be a family? You cannot have a baby and still be a family. My husband and I are a family. Yeah. We have our cats. 
you know, and I your cat, right? <laughs> I would love to see that being represented more. That's what I want to see is that, yeah. you know, even to the point of you don't even have to get married. You don't want to get married. That's cool. You guys just want to live together. That's awesome, right? I'd love to see that because yeah. I think that there are a lot of women and not just women, but there's a lot of couples that are choosing the route not to have children for whatever reason they have, whether it be medical, their jobs, or, you know, and, and I've heard people comment, well, you're being selfish. No, no, I'm not being selfish. You know, I'm being realistic, yeah. you know, like not everybody wants to be a parent. <laughs> and yeah. when I see that represented in romance as being the ultimate thing, and I think that's where my issue comes with Secret Baby. I'm like, oh, I've always made the comment that women in romance novels are the most fertile women ever. <laughs> like, they look <laughs> a hero across the bar and they're pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know the Sarah. There's, so Sarah has a fantastic YouTube channel. If you're not following her, you should be. And I remember there was a series you were reading. I will not name it. Oh, yes. But it's pretty fucking. It's pretty oh. freaking popular, okay? Oh and every time you would review a book in that series, you were just like, every woman in this town gets pregnant. There's clearly something <laughs> in the water. And it really, like, it's, people love that series. I'm, again, not going to mention this. It's, like you said, it's very popular. But, like, <laughs> they really, the author of that series really perpetuated pregnancy. And how great it was and how everybody needs to be a mother. And it felt very, it, I don't like to use this term, but it felt preachy. Like, no, don't tell me that this is what I have to do yeah. in order to feel like a woman. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's part of it too. So, yeah. and I know it's changing now yeah. and that part of it is changing and I'm glad to see it. But for like the books that we read, it was a bit of a different ballgame. These women really wanted this and they were going to do it no matter what. Right. So that's awesome. But I yeah. think I really like to see the other coin too, like the other side of the coin. Like, you know what? I just don't want to be a parent. So you know what? We're just going to take our great jobs and we're going to travel to Belize every winter and we're going to be completely what? happy with our three dogs <laughs> and our, you know, like. <laughs> and that would be awesome too. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. Thinking of that series, like. I never like I think I have like two copies of the first book in that yep. series that you that we yep. were talking about. Yeah. After hearing your thoughts, I was like, oh, I'm good. But I did read the most recent release. I have that one. And too. I like it, but I saw remnants of what you had talked about with the earlier books. Mm -hmm. The main character finds herself now a mother because a friend of hers dies and okay. had asked her if anything ever happens to me will you take care of my my child mm -hmm. and i mean the story was beautiful but i i kept thinking about in my mind how much motherhood and like women finding themselves pregnant when there might have been a struggle there or what whatever the case may have been i was like this is still something that's like really important and i think maybe how much of it do you think is the author knows the audience and the audience is like, we're going to read whatever you want, girl. Just put it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think a 
part of it is that, and I, I mentioned to you that I heard from another author that was, she was saying that I guess they had some focus groups go into like Walmarts and stuff like that saying, what do you want to see more of? And a lot of these people said, oh, we want baby stories. Okay. So clearly they're writing okay. for what the average person wants. I do understand that I am one person, <laughs> but I really do feel <laughs> that there are a lot of us like that who would like to see more of just the happy happily ever after without the baby. And maybe we need to speak up a bit because the thing is, as you said, we're going to read whatever they bring out. I love Tara Taylor Quinn, whatever book she brings out, I am going to read it. I feel the same about Terry Wilson. Um, she's fantastic as well, or a lot, even just the special edition line in general, I'm going to read them because I love them, but I would love to see more stories that don't involve, you know, surprise pregnancies, this, that, or the other thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, the romance in this one and the trouble with picket fences was mm -hmm. good. Um, the, the the heroine had she was like <laughs> in the world record for like the shortest time is Miss America. <laughs> she was like two days. <laughs> I love so it. that was fun. It it had like a cool little, a little bit of comedic aspect, and she was like really good at making lemonade. So like oh, when awesome. life gives you lemons. <laughs> um, and it was sweet. I mean, I really, I I like single dad. Yes. Um, you know, the snobby teenager thing isn't my thing, but that wasn't the case with his son, which I really like to seeing. And I just, I don't know. I think that if it's like single dad with like a teenage son, yeah. that's such a catnip of mine. I don't know why. Um, but like seeing that yeah, you don't you don't see it often. That that might be why I enjoy yeah. it. Like, oh, okay, I like this. Yeah. Um, so that that blended family aspect towards the end, yes. Um, I just I liked it, and I, I Terry Wilson. There's just something really sweet and fun about her books, and mm -hmm. that was reflected in this. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, this one as well. I just what about the romance in yours? It was really good because it was second chance, and that's a catnip of mine. Is I do love a good second chance romance, and I've always said the stakes are that much higher when the couple was once married. You know, you went through the wedding, you went through the cost of the divorce. And now, like in their case, though, it's a decade later, suddenly it's like, you really want to do that all over again? And I just think that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like, um, I feel like the, what is the Lissa K. Adams, the Bromance Book Club? What yes. was the first one? Is that what it was called? Uh, Bromance Book Club. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blanking. Yeah. I feel like when I read that book, because I know um, Taylor Jenkins Reid has a marriage book too. I still need to read that one. But like really when I read the Bromance Book Club, I was like, oh, I need more already have been married or already married couple books. Like I see so many people say that they don't like that. And I'm like, why not? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like, okay, the happy ever after is the beginning That's of right. now, like the really hard work. Yep. And man, like, you know, second chance sometimes I think is really hard to pull off. That's and right. if the couple's already married, then they already have like the chemistry and yep. all of that. Yep. We just need to know what went wrong and is it really worth That's right. saving? That's right. So I'll give you two quick recommendations if you want them. And for any of the listeners out there, okay. too, who want formerly married couples, Brenda Jackson wrote a book called um, Only His, 
which came out for the Desire line a couple years ago, formerly married couple. And just recently, earlier this year, uh, Julianne Lindsay released Impact Zone, um, which is Impact book Zone. three, I think, in the Tactical Crime Division series. It can be read as a standalone, and they are formerly married and have a child. So, yeah, it both of them were fantastic. So go ahead and check those ones out. <laughs> Got it. I just jotted them down so I can make sure. Y'all, make sure you check show notes. They will be there. Yep. I love it. Back during the holiday season, Hallmark played, they had a movie with it. It was called Cranberry Christmas and um, it starred Nikki Deloach. She's one of my favorites. And it was, they were still married, but they had been separated for months. And it was just so good That's to see. Awesome. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> we want more already married second chance romances. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's just, it adds an entire other element to the, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, it's a fresh perspective on second chance. I, I feel like we need some fresh perspectives sometimes. And I just feel like that's such a fresh perspective. Exactly, exactly. Well, it has been fun chatting special Always. editions Always. with you. Always. Happy special edition Saturday, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Share with us. We'll post something on Instagram, but go on and check our Instagram or our Facebook and share with us some of your favorites. Um, the one thing that we didn't get into was um, I just wanted to mention real quick that for those of you who might be new to the line, um, I know Brie mentioned at the beginning, she said she really had the Debbie Maycomber feels for it, that I can tell you that Debbie Maycomber used to write for Special Edition. Susan Mallory has written for Special Edition, Rayanne Thane. Um, Janet Daly actually put out the first one. Um, now she's an OG author. Um, but yeah, so if those are your jam, if those are authors that make your ears go, oh, I really like those, then definitely check these out. Don't sleep on these books. There is a little something for everybody for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and this month we get a Susan Mallory I know. in this series I'm so, so it, has she always when she was writing special edition well when she was writing category before was it special edition like yes, she came back to special edition yeah i okay. don't know how long it's okay. been since she's put one and out the cover is gorgeous. oh my god the cover is summer summer you know like that oh yeah. i can't wait to read it so pretty <laughs> So <laughs> I, I messaged Sarah and I was like, I, it's listeners, I messaged Sarah. We messaged like all day. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to go to Walmart just to see if there's anything out early. <laughs> and sure enough, I mean, because what? It's like, I think like the 27th or something. Like, there's a specific 27th. date. Yeah. I went the 26th. Okay. Yep. And yep. the Walmart had Susan Mallory and Nina Crespo's, yep. um, an officer and a fortune out. And I snatched them up. <laughs> and I, she sent me a picture of the cart, like with the two books in it and underneath her bags of chocolate. I'm like, I fully support everything that's <laughs> happening right here. <laughs> oh, so excited. And, even the Nina Crespo, the cover oh, it's a beautiful is beautiful cover too. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And we will be chatting with her next week. So y'all will hear our chat with her in the near soon. future. <laughs> in this the summer? near future. 
we are working hard here at the Categorically Romance Podcast. And we love it. I think that's why is because we love doing this so much. It's been so much fun already. Yes. Well, enjoy your Saturday, everybody. Happy May 1st. Yep. Thank you for so much for the support that we've had so far with the podcast. Absolutely. May is here. You will have two episodes a week from us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know also, you know, so, on the Facebook group or, you know, our Instagram, is there any topics you would like us to cover? Because we are totally open to suggestions um, for anything that you guys would do. You want us to do a deep dive into a series See if we can reach out to an author. Let us know. And uh, we're happy to see what we can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Definitely hit us up. We have our mm -hmm. Facebook group. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. Yes. Um, if wherever you listen to your podcast, yes. if you listen on Apple, you can like whenever you if you leave us a review. I don't know. We haven't checked to even see if we have any reviews, but you can let us know there. Like, hey. Reach yeah. out to Maisie Yates and we're going to yeah. respond with, oh, trust us. We want to. <laughs> Maisie Yates is goals. <laughs> Maisie Yates, if you happen to hear this, hit us up, girl. Hit us up. <laughs> we are like building up our our resume here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before we <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody we will chat with you again here pretty soon be looking out for wednesday we will have another episode and yep. we will talk to you then bye